Hey fellow fraud fighters, a big welcome to the Seon Cat and Mouse Show, where we'll look to get into the mindset, thinking and learnings of the hardest working group of heroes we know, the fraud fighting professional. And on alternative shows, we'll dive into the opposite world of current or ex-fraudsters to get a real insight into what's driving them to do what they do. And ultimately, we'll be trying to best work out who's the real cat and mouse here. So welcome everyone to the Seon Cat and Mouse podcast. Today we've got a special episode with Anonymous X. Again, we have sourced uh, Anonymous X via the dark web. So they are a current fraudster stroke hacker where we've had to uh, cover up their name, obviously, and also their voice uh, for the purposes of this podcast. We are conscious that there are ethical boundaries of this kind of content, um, but what we'll cover is around the topic of learning as a fraudster. So where we can, we won't go into too sensitive information, but we do think this will be useful for our audience, the fraud fighting professional. So first of all, Anonymous X, uh, thank you for taking the time to uh, speak to us and to talk about this um, topic of learning. Thank you for coming on. Hey guys, not your problem. So the topic is around learning and what we wanted to understand was essentially as a fraudster, just like a fraud fighting professional, there is information that you must get to understand and to become a master of if you're to become effective in that uh, discipline. The first question I have around learning is, there's a lot of information on the internet, of course, but I'm curious, how do you know what information is valid uh, and what is current from a fraudster point of view? In my opinion, the free guides and tutorials are usually not so reliable because they are already situated and they are exposed to the mass audience and therefore many people write them out and it's just the companies who described with the different attack methods basically implemented some of the measurements in order to avoid further fraudsters trying to exploit them. So definitely I can recommend opting for the tutorials are the best ways to try yourself in terms of verifying those documents. So, sometimes it's possible to come across a still working life method. But definitely, it's very rare and the paid one usually are more reliable. Interesting. My understanding is there's a whole mini economy over that uh, information sharing. When the exploit or the particular, uh, say, attack is kind of still valid, then presumably it's not in an interest of an existing fraudster to disclose that information. So uh, there's no reason to share it, right? Because that's, I don't know, that, that seems counterproductive. <laughs> yes, of course. So usually a tutorial or guide is being created when the method doesn't work so well anymore. I would say that in many cases, when the method is not actually about a very specific target site with a very specific method describing very specific tools, then, you know, if it's more general, usually then tend to stick longer. So, when we talk about guides for bonus abusing or, you know, guides where you apply with stolen identities for credit, usually it's more about which side has not very strict protection system in place and I would say that definitely it's the general tutorial and guides which are less saturated. But then as a process, you have to invest your time and money and energy to make it work. 
बिकॉज यूजली जस्ट वेन यू डोंट नो दैट यूअर ब्राउजर एंड ट्राई टू यू नो टू पास यूअर पेमेंट टू विद क्रेडिट कार्ड्स विच यू बाट देन इट्स नाइंटी नाइन पॉइंट नाइन परसेंट ऑफ इट वोंट वर्क बिकॉज यू डोंट यूज द राइट डिवाइस डिवाइजेस डोंट चूज द राइट टाइप डोंट राइट द ई मेल द राइट फोन नंबर यू गिव टू एब नॉर्मली ऑन द साइड सो देर फोर इट्स रियली समथिंग दट यू एज एन इंडिविजुअल इफ यू वॉन्ट टू बिकम ए फ्रॉडिस्टर यू हैव टू रियली वर्क ऑन क्रिएटिंग यूर ओन सेट ऑफ टूल्स एंड मेथड्स एंड देन यू कैन गेट आइडियाज फ्रॉम दोज जनरल गाइड्स एंड दट्स यूजली वॉट अबाउट वॉट वर्क इन दिस इंडस्ट्री uh so forums are they, are they still useful in terms of uh, particularly closed forums how would you rate those yes there are some english speaking forums which are still useful and they haven't been shut down by the law enforcement agencies i would say that i relaxed the forums which are connected to card and dump shops so just to mention sound like fe shop gss stash godfy good shop cbb shop carding mafia cc doms unique cc just a few names which has a marketplace where they offer stolen data such as credit card numbers social security numbers dams and i know that kind of information even stolen login details so they have usually a forum which are not scam forums that's the most important part because if you start to look around methods and other tools and guides on the clearnet then you will come across just a scam sites because they are eager to find people who are willing to invest some funds into some product or services which obviously are scams so definitely i would recommend everyone to stick to those well established shop related forums which actually provide some real you interesting so it's a, it's a yeah good point there that if it's related to the business itself it's probably got a pragmatic use how does the entry into some of those work how, can you talk a little bit about how that happens well yes it is usually quite straightforward you have to deposit a specific amount of money which you can then spend but there's the kind of like filter where new and you know starters are basically just blocked because they don't invest 500000 dollars into entering a shop and i think it's quite efficient because it's just how the world works so obviously someone who is you know a leecher leecher then they won't invest anything up front so it's better to keep those places for the big big players curious any other uh, kind of methods of learning whether it's forums or uh, yeah any other ways that uh, you would say are are the go to places to get latest information i would recommend well in one hand sometimes you can also find working guides and tutorials on that marketplaces but they are expensive so they start from 400 500 $500 and you have to do your own research so there are many sellers on those marketplaces who have thousands of listings of really old guides and tutorials so they are selling those for a couple of dollars and definitely it's a waste of money but if you find a seller who has just like one or two methods for a specific site and they ask for the price then definitely it's the one which might work so to the rest of the guides don't go cheap if you want to really earn money 
if you don't want our money. You can buy the cheapest one and regarding other channels. I think the different telegram channels are also quite useful and usually those previously mentioned that web shops have telegram channels where it's free to join and usually to provide some free trips and guides so you can just look up and telegram search after downloading there at the shop name and then you can find a community channel usually around that shop on the channel. Of course, it's free to join. There is no filter and you can get some information but usually there are like. Yeah, there are like advertisements of the items of the site. So eventually we will have to pay the price to get access to those shops. Hmm, interesting. Um, and so aside from the Telegram uh, kind of channels of the shops, are there kind of private Telegram groups as well? Like where, where would you find kind of information about those or do you not recommend those uh, are those kind of a uh, little bit ropey as well i would say that they are incredibly hard to get access to because the people who are already in it will do their best to only get in people who we are providing value to that community and the value of you know running some operation which can help their operation so i would say that people who are in this closet like that groups then usually created for the purpose of exchanging ideas goods and services so i would really try to like you know keep out the leechers and that means the people who are involved in such groups have specific expertise so you know maybe someone is good in getting stolen credit card numbers someone is good verifying those numbers someone is good building but someone is good so they create like a mini community a mini ecosystem around getting data using the data maybe it can be even going out of laundering money so they might find the best people for each type of step each type of operation they get them into the group and they just share the revenue so that's the easiest way to set up an operation when obviously you alone can't do everything you can get someone who is actually good in fraud a programmer runner data providers who is good for example in pushing money lander also called a banker that's how it works in the real world when you create a business that you will ask people to do services and products to make it work and then definitely people who are in those closed group are experts on one topic maybe multiple but you know depends and then together they decide you know what kind of site to target the idea that's how they can scalp up very quickly and you know they are very very dominant in specific reasons so i would say like U.S. frauders in the U.S. might be not that sophisticated. Usually, they are targeting maybe U.S. merchants, U.S. sites from abroad. I would say that they are quite strong, though these closed groups in Brazil, Colombia, Mexico, South Africa, and Vietnam and Japan. You know, it's quite strange. Like in Europe, it's not. It's not very common. You know, like those people are targeted also like European and Western said US companies, but they are not from those countries. 
so they are all coming from abroad and maybe they are all different countries so i also can say that the russian cyber crime ecosystem is very strong too and ukrainian as well but they didn't really target russian or ukrainian companies they usually target western companies and they are not so much into the carding and fraudulent operations they are more into hacking which requires more in depth skill set of programming and social engineering and yeah and yeah usually like these people who are in those telegram close groups are i would say you know i said they are good in specific specific tasks so yeah it's a complex ecosystem i could talk about this for hours but the answer to your question regarding those because it's not easy to get into those groups because we have to be known by one of the members and you have to be very good in one of the services which might be beneficial for the whole group that's interesting uh, we we talked in a, another podcast episode around trust in this kind of world because it's uh, <laughs> it's <laughs> by default a, a world where yeah the the criminality means there could be a lack of trust uh, so i'm i'm interested in the kind of proxy or protocol that people get vouched for inside uh, these systems quick follow up have you have you ever been asked to join a private group yourself yes i mean many of those groups and how did it work were were you because of the nature of it was it someone that knew and had done business with you in the past or was it actually they had managed to source you yes you know in these groups i know always at least one people who have me to get in i also have groups which i created myself i other people are not really going well because just all the answers focusing on different things so it's not very about the community but yeah i got watches because of my services which i offer on and on especially darknet marketplace so obviously i got good reputation and then they asked me to be part of this group and just you know like the part of the ecosystem and give my services in order to exchange with different goods and of course money yeah yeah that's interesting well, one of the research pieces we had uh, looked at uh, as a startup was almost within these kind of communities was unfortunately the the growth of kind of people that had been turned uh, within them how how do you address that like if these are maybe someone's vouched for you but then six other people on there <laughs> you you've really got no idea apart from someone's vouched for them and and presumably in these telegram groups you're trusting the technology you're being you know fully overt with what you guys are doing right you 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 don't there's no masking of anything you're just talking about exactly what you're doing and how you're doing it and who you're going after any kind of thoughts on <laughs> how you balance maybe a little bit of personal uh, operational security if you like sure sure i don't use obviously my own phone for accessing or interacting with any telegram or other illicit activities which i run which i run are never related to my real identity so i am i am i am running i have a specific laptop where i bought from a portable usb sticker and then i connect to free wifi and inside the machine i have connected to tor my telegram application which i signed up with this was a phone number which is not related to my own identity so yeah objectives are very important if you want to do things right 
so i like really really big players that are getting caught because they just don't invest and are into obesic as they scale up so i think the bigger you are the more weight you are lifting the more you have to invest into being just an untouchable basically hmm interesting thanks for that and um, maybe going back a step into um kind of you working collaboratively in these uh, uh fraud groups and um, can you talk a little bit about how um information is shared to uh, choose and exploit certain targets can you talk a little bit about the almost the methodology or the thinking that goes inside your head yeah okay i understand so how it works obviously i mentioned some of the you know different players in this group so there is always data provider who is as i mentioned in phishing as good in as good in setting up e-commerce stores which just you know still customer data are you know good in hacking to get access to databases so we have a lot of data which can be reused somehow so that's why we have the so called runners the runners basically take the data and try to find the easiest target to the highest iy so they can go after buying gift cards they can go after you know buying goods on e-commerce stores and then running ebay accounts just selling those goods are like ordering straight to the buyer address with the stolen credit card that they are the guys who basically just take the data and use the tools and services to impersonate the data real holder and then find the easiest target the highest as i mentioned and that basically the next play out is the one who creates the drops where the illicit funds are getting transferred to you know creating these jobs require also stolen identities so they are also connected to the data providers and then you know the next step is wondering so how we get our hands on those coins this is what we are all eagerly working towards to so so yeah answering a question the runners have let's say the most dynamic job in the terms of they are always actively looking at sites you different countries and they are actively trying to just like get the most white value out of what they have access to what kind of stolen data they are utilizing interesting it's a uh, you're really bringing to life to me almost the a collaborative um element of this and like you said it's it's exactly the same as a startup or a scale up business it's different skill sets specialized in what they do and doing really well but then coming together as a almost like a mini business it's it's really scary <laughs> that analogy and, and but it makes perfect sense at the same time um i'm also interested from a learning point of view maybe your own personal journey on this uh, anonymous x Uh, what what were the kind of baby steps that you personally took that kind of led you down the route of you know fra- being a fraudster uh, yourself I'm, i'm curious yeah so the whole thing started with getting access to tor the darknet where i actually started to look at different marketplaces i sold the products and services are being sold in the fraud category and i was really amazed by how these people are getting access to those data 
how to use the data so i myself started to buy data from one of the sellers and then i was i was running some operation which made the money and i was buying more and more data so actually the seller the vendor of this product or let's say data was my mentor and then you know we started to chat and then he basically happy to get into those closed groups and then i later stays i also started to build i own my own service and i became also a vendor on that marketplace which doesn't exist anymore because of course they are being stuff off all the time so i am now working on another marketplace and he is not doing any service to outside because he is only working in this closed community with some of the some of the other members Hmm. Would you say that's kind of uh, actually quite a typical path? Is as a customer becomes kind of more invested with the vendor, that there's often that kind of cyclical relationship where that customer you know scales up and becomes a vendor. Would you say that's kind of typical of say some some colleagues that are fraudsters? Yeah, that's a very general journey. I would say so definitely. You know, as as you can see, actually. like on those marketplaces that who is the big fish you look at the attributes you look at how many transactions they process they are quickly getting a fame out there so many people coming to us for advice guidance but you know as long as they don't really invest they don't really are an equal partner you know when they are becoming like a big customer then you know you will think about how to set up a partnership and how to maybe like steal ideas from each other or work together in a very very mutually beneficial synergy yeah how how does that work so when you've got a noob and you're seeing you know a vendor that's got a really good rep and you know um, it is an imbalance right is that noob is a uh, like a zero feedback or one or two feedback and you've got the person <laughs> the vendor and um, do do you find that it's actually a conducive environment to sharing knowledge like that that's actually or or do you find that it's one sided like it's really hard for the noob to break in and to get traction what, what what's your thoughts it's really hard it's requires a immense amount of time investment because it's really a lot of trial and error so i would say that 90% of your time is trial and error and then 10% makes enough money to cover your time expenses and of course much more than what you would get 9 to 5 job obviously that's why we are all running so it's not let's say it's worth the money but that you really have to spend a lot of time on trying stuff and just maybe just wanting to work out of 100 but that it's going to cover your time investment so i think people can succeed in this industry if they are willing to go the extra mile extra mile don't give up so as long as you know someone gives up during the journey they might be very close to actually get there but if they give up they will never get there yeah that's uh, that's also scary advice that's advice i think that you would say for any budding entrepreneur or or new business as well as the persistence can i also ask the audience of this uh, podcast is uh, is fraud managers is fraud fighting professionals um curious from your experience from your background if there's maybe one tip <laughs> you would point them towards uh 
you know, to think about from uh, fighting fraud effectively? Yeah, anything to share there? I think my advice would be to stay awake because we never, we never stop, we never rest. So again, if you think that you see patterns like, hey, we don't operate between three or four and or we don't operate, then when you actually implement a pattern to capture our passion, that's the point when you are going to do something differently. So obviously, from an I just can't change a lot of rules, you know, I can change how the radar works, but when they change and we can't do anything, that's when the trial and error will start and we are going to work as long as we can be again under the radar and you know just continue what we did before so yeah well i require every company to step out 24 by 7 fraud team to just work with us so the show is called say on cat and mouse and we always ask our guests at the very end uh, in the scenario between fraud fighting professional and you the full-time fraudster who, who do you consider uh, the cat and who do you consider the mouse in that scenario? Yeah, well, I would say that I might have a different approach than other folks that I consider myself the cat because we are targeting the mouse who is the merchant. And I think they are running away from us and not we are trying to run away for them. And so I, I always imagine myself as a shark. So we are looking for the fishes in the sea, which is the internet. And then we are going to just eat those merchantmen and those people who we use to or who we say scam. I don't like to swear, but yeah, I, I place myself as more predatory spices in this, in this industry. We never rest. Anonymous X, thank you so much for taking some time. I think our audience will really um, get some insight out of uh, the conversation here. So thank you again. No problem. Thank you too. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's show. At Seon, our whole startup is 100% focused on helping you, the hardworking fraud manager, fight fraud with tools that are intuitive and fully complement your existing risk tech stack. Check out our website where you can get started on a free trial and be up and running in 30 seconds or less.